Union of the Unknowns, a podcast dedicated to the exploration of modern culture, presents a weekly digest of current events that may have slipped past your radar. This is not your mama's news. Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of Union of the Unknowns presents Not Your Mama's News, where we tackle the news of the week that uh, may have slipped past your radar, as the fella says. So I got with me tonight, I got Justin, I got Terrence, I got Ashley, and I got Stella, and I'm Keel Thor. Hey, hey. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Hello. So to kick us off tonight... We're going to go to the the Ashley desk. Thank you, Keel. So I, I believe that this is probably not slipping past anybody's radar. This story is everywhere. And I actually, from a Union of the Unknowns perspective, we're hoping to maybe have an entire podcast on this where somebody can really kind of dive deep with us and discuss the ins and outs. And I will just say that I'm going to keep this brief, but this is a very, very complicated story with, as the dude would say, a lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what have yous. And I think that that we're going to be seeing the fallout from this for a long time to come. I believe that this is a very significant happening. So I'm going to get straight into it. FTX, it's all over the news. It's all over social media. A lot of people are talking about it and a lot of people are doing analysis. So I will go ahead and recommend people to watch some of the videos that I've watched, which is by um, the YouTube account, really graceful and she has two quick videos so i believe they're less than 10 minutes each which give a really good overview of what is going on here so let's get into it ftx is a crypto exchange which is going to be on the level of a binance or a coinbase something like that where you can buy sell trade cryptocurrency and you can use your fiat currency, the dollar or or what have you to facilitate that. So this company was founded by Sam Bankman Freed, who is like a 30 year old MIT graduate who had basically a meteoric rise, which I believe at this point, anytime I see somebody like that, who's like, oh, well, like, look, we just happen to have another, you know, um, Ivy League graduate and they just like started just a little startup. And oh, next thing you know, it's the biggest um, crypto exchange in the world. Okay. So let's stop believing any of that stuff when they try to pass these stories. This guy is deep state up one side, down the other. So he's an MIT graduate. His mother 
was somebody who runs a fundraising company for the Democrats. He, he has an aunt and an uncle that are deeply embedded in Ivy League also. They're connected with the World Economic Forum. They're epidemiologists. They're, um, you know, they're AIDS experts. Like all of these at this point should be a red flag to all of us that these people are, are created persons or they're working, you know, for the man, both. I don't know. So essentially what it looks like is that FTX had created their own token so people could basically buy crypto with real money and then there were tokens that they could deal with and there was a rivalry with this guy Sam and a Binance CEO and essentially there were whatever happened there ended up being a bank run. And so basically there's billions of dollars now that is gone. The company is considered totally bankrupt. There is even, I had heard that Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen had, had put in $500 million or something totally insane into this company. And so you had essentially a bank run. People's money is not there anymore. The company is bankrupt. Now, there was also some money left, but there was a hack that happened, and they just happened to not know where the money went, okay? So that's one thing. The other thing is that this guy, Sam Bankman-Fried, is not arrested. He is wherever he is. Allegedly, he flew to Argentina. He was based in the Bahamas. And then he's been able to just sit on Twitter writing these really cryptic texts, a text thread. And there's a theory that what he was actually doing is because there are bots on Twitter that can measure and they can find deleted tweets. So if you delete something, if they run a bot on your account, then they can identify that. And they think that he was trying to outsmart the bots, meaning i I tweet something and within a certain amount of time, I delete the tweet. So the bot would not detect for whatever reason. Maybe it's just the balance of the, the amount of tweets, but that it would not detect that. So people believe that he was deleting other tweets. Um, we have an, a whole other company that he had created as well. So there appears to be a very, very twisted web of Democratic Party Um like fundraising and then they also the apparently the federal government used FTX in order to send money and funds over to Ukraine so it seems like they're I, I don't know I I know it's gonna sound obvious and stupid but there's there's a lot very wrong here so we have this company that appears to be making huge donations back to the Democratic Party. Meanwhile, the federal government is feeding them tax dollars to send to Ukraine. And then the Friedman family are big donors to the Democrats. And apparently, uh, this 30-year-old guy is second only to George Soros in the amount of money that he donated to the Democratic Party. So it really sounds like money laundering potentially here. It sounds like a PSYOP within a PSYOP within a PSYOP within a PSYOP to me because there's also connection. I mean, the connections of these 
of these people to the deep state and to people like Elizabeth Warren and others in the Democratic Party is really pretty amazing. So Elizabeth Warren is like, oh, oh like an anti-crypto gal and whatever. Well, now you have, um, of course, uh, Elizabeth Warren and other people who were calling for regulation of cryptocurrencies. So I feel like it, it ties back in to being a multifaceted operation, but also I believe that they desperately want to regulate crypto because they do not want it to be a competitor for the central bank digital currency. So Cyprian, formerly Vin Armani, I know I talk about him all the time, but he has said this. He's basically everything in the next two years, which was probably about six months ago. Remember, it's all about the central bank digital currency. And that is the number one control mechanism, I believe, of the technocrats or the predator class. And so it seems like a very a very deep web here. And I apologize if I butchered this story. There's really a lot going on. Turning it over to y'all. Well, I just I wanted... Think, um, sorry, Karen. Are you saying that this guy, this Bankman guy, was tapped by government officials behind the scenes and say, hey, if you just steal a bunch of money and run and let this thing collapse, we're not going to chase you. And then they're going to act like they're looking for him and they won't be able to get him back. And then it'll all gloss over and they'll have this whole reason to regulate the crypto market. Yes. Yeah. 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 Down did they mean to sorry. get caught Pros and they'll never get prosecuted. Sorry. Go ahead, yeah. Terry. Yeah, well, uh, I was sort of backup person on this because I thought we should cover this story, um, even though I didn't know much about it. So I, I, I did look into it a bit. I thought you covered it very well, Ashley. You covered Thank most you. of the, the big stuff. There's so uh, much I've to it. Few, I've got a few things to add. You, there's a lot of speculation that it was purely a money laundering or, uh, operation because they set up this crypto exchange specifically for donations to the Ukraine which the government was using. And then, so the money ended up in FTX. And then this guy, Sam Bankman Freed, sounds a bit like Bankman fraud, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> he's, uh, as Ashley says, he's the second biggest donor to the Democrats. So, you know, there's a lot of speculation that there was basically the money going around in a circle from the government to SBF, and then thence to the Democratic Party. Um, so he was he was sponsoring people like Fetterman, for example, um, the guy who makes uh, Biden look like a fantastic orator. You keep saying um, that, but you're giving yeah, you're giving Biden way too I much do. credit. It's my favorite thing to say. <laughs> 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 um, and uh, Ashley covered uh, quite well the connections. He's got an aunt who's um, uh, on the WEF. She's for the Global Agenda council on aging apparently his brother is the founder of an organization called guarding against pandemics believe it or not i believe uh, we've got it. a lot of democratic connections and then on the board we have um amy Wu, who was in the clinton foundation we have this guy nishad singh who has given eight million dollars to the democrats but out of his own money apparently or well his his own money shall we say in quotes uh, and then we've got this guy, Mark Witchin, who was um, Obama's commodity futures trading uh, person. So um, there's a lot of dodgy connections, as Ashley points out. 
So uh, this uh, SBF is supposed to be in the uh, Bahamas, possibly um, being looked at by the police, but quite likely he might end up, you know, somewhere else or dead or or pretending to be dead. Who knows? So the other thing. Uh, that I wanted to throw in there really quick is that there's some other middle management uh, weirdness that's happening as well. Like people that worked with um, SBJ or wait, is it SJ Sam? SBF. SBF. Sorry. Um, so people that worked with him, like they don't know where these are. I don't know if they're the the CFO or the just some other middle people that are very iffy on like where they're at at this time, what's going on with them. And then the other weird connection is that apparently like his girlfriend who also had some deep state connections was running his other company, Alameda. And there was like 10 of these uh you know, um, Ivy League bros living in a house in the Bahamas. And apparently they were all polyamorous. They're dating each other. They're, um, I, I don't know. It's just a, a very bizarre story. And the, the one more thing that I wanted to add is that it, there was also somebody involved in this who donated like $23 million to the Republican party. So there, there definitely is, corruption on both sides you know i have no doubt about that but it appears to be um for you to be the second largest donor to the democratic party that's significant i mean that's not 23 million dollars that's a lot more uh, I think yeah. Stanton has something to say oh yes yeah i uh, i think i'm in a good position with this because i can step like right right back and look at the big picture because i know nothing about crypto i have purposely not learned about it i completely tune out whenever i hear about it um because i just from the very beginning i've just thought it was sus as hell but anyway um i just wanted to make a couple of comments on i thought you covered that really well too ashley by the way thank you for that um that really graceful channel is that's quite a good channel actually i found a few interesting bits of info on that one she's great yeah i think um i think everyone has the same idea about the sam bankman freed <laughs> I mean, that's just ridiculous name. Hello, that's just a character. Yes. Uh, did he, you know, he got started with that same backstory. Did he get started in his garage? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's based in the Bahamas. You know, I mean, the cops are probably sipping cocktails. They're probably all together on a beach somewhere having oh. a love. And I'm um, so but, sorry. I'm so sorry to interrupt. Hold that mm, thought one second, Stella, because I forgot something mm -hmm. really important. There was sure. a crypto developer who was living in, and I wish that I had his name. My apologies for that. But he was living and working out of Puerto Rico. And he had tweeted that they, that he, he didn't say, I think he said there is a Mossad CIA child sex trafficking ring like yeah. epstein 2.0 happening here and in the caribbean and that then rings he, a bell. yes and he said that the cia would either turn him into a cia um slave like mk ultra kind of thing or he would be murdered and he he tweeted these and then he was found dead very shortly after that so there are also some people that are Ooh. speculating that this guy found something out and that was part of what uh, precipitated this fall. But the other 
the other weird thing is that this happened right as soon as the midterm elections were over. You know, I mean, it just feels yeah. like a harbinger of like the new 2008, right? The crash. That's kind of what it feels like. Uh, in I was just going to, yeah, I was just going to mention actually the timing has been interesting. I mean, apart from Yes, the election. I, I didn't even think of that one. It's very obvious, but I didn't think of it. Um, and also post Elon Musk rat with, you know, Twitter and all that sort of business. I'm sure that there's some pretty full on connections there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like, is this guy even real? Is he, is he even real or is he just like a George Soros in a Sam suit, you know? Well, it's, <laughs> um, it's, a, it it's a multifaceted project, but this sounds more like multifractal. It's almost another, yeah, it's weird. Anyway. It's a big one, just, yeah. It'll be interesting to see if he kill, kills himself. Uh, but if if they thing, kill himself, yeah. They, thank you. <laughs> uh, but this is, one thing is certain to me, and that is we are going to have to come up with a bonus episode uh, with someone that has really followed it and knows what's going on, because there's just so... Our, I already wrote down half a page of notes, and I, I, I'm not getting to, it, to all of them. But it's just what great those... if we could get McAfee. Oh, yeah. God. Uh, what a <laughs> he hero, man. I think Perm um, would be a good substitute. But yeah. I did, I did want to point out um, that uh, Ashley mentioned um, the CBDC. And oddly enough, I spotted today an article um, according uh, this is from the Free Th Thought Project, but according to a statement by the New York Fed, global banking giants are starting a 12-week digital dollar pilot with the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. The participants announced Tuesday. Um, so CBDC, it's 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 not a conspiracy theory. It's not coming. It's here. Yeah. Uh, and I'm trying to you know just. There's just so much here. But he had. Did you did you get to he? One of his investors was the shark tank shark tank guy, uh, Kevin O'Leary, I believe. Mm. Uh, what shark tank again? That comes up again. It comes up again. They're in there. And uh, it was FTX was backed by the WEF. Isn't uh, yes. Coinbase also backed by the WEF? I believe so. I or I believe that they have a very big connection there and definitely a connection with BlackRock. Both of those companies have BlackRock connections as well. And it's it's the funniest thing about all of it cuz it's I'm a retard. I know nothing about crypto. I put a bunch of money into crypto and it's not doing so great. Uh but the funny thing is that the yeah, big sell for yeah, but the big sell for crypto is that it's decentralized. And then everyone keeps trillions of dollars of their decentralized currencies <laughs> in centralized wallets or uh, exchanges. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a bit guilty of that myself, actually. I, I think I people too. are worried that um, they're going to lose their keys and or do like the British guy did and throw these crypto wallets by accident onto the into the rubbish. And he, he spent tens of thousands of pounds digging through various tips trying to find it again <laughs> yeah. without I, success i think i think a lot <laughs> of people are like me where like we're just on the edge of being like technologically capable of like being able to like kind of like you know just enough so that it's dangerous like and you can make really bad decisions um yes. but like 
I was thinking, uh, well, the WEF has backed Coinbase, so my coins are surely safe. But now I, if FTX was also, uh, maybe I need to figure out how to get some of these out of uh I don't think Coinbase. I've got to do that, yeah. I've, I've had a crypto wallet for, for years, and I just haven't put, put my stuff on it. <laughs> well, I think um, there's, there's a clue in the name crypto. Right. Crypto. That's just oh, what yeah. I saw from the start. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, a have an episode. it's a very interesting subject. I think it's potentially a very good thing, but it's like a lot of potentially very good things. It's going to get co-opted by the people you don't want it to be co-opted by. Well, uh, it has to be can, good for uh, some people or else no one would use it. Blockchain in oh, itself is James an ingenious take on. Yeah, James Corbett has a good take on it. He says, you know, they, they're going to try and wrap it all up together so that people think of CBDCs just like, say, Bitcoin. Whereas they're completely different things, really. So they're, they're going to try and co-opt it that way. True, true. Uh, I'll say, I'd say how are those things different? CBDCs are different because they're ran by the central bank. And they'll just, not only will they be able to print those dollars even easier, um, they'll also be able to have 100% surveillance over it. Uh, which they can already do with like your debit cards and your credit cards, but it's a exactly. lot more generalized. Like if you purchase something from a gun store, it's typically generalized as just like merchandise. Um, and then they'll be able to link a social credit score to it. Um, the social credit score is really a terrifying thing. I did listen to an episode of the great libertarian podcaster, Tom Woods, where he actually had um, someone on that's currently living in China. And he says that it's not really a thing there. It's more of a conspiracy. I don't know. Take, you know, what you will from it. Really? That's uh, interesting. I heard that episode. Yeah. And well, you got to wonder if there's if fucking, you know, Xi Jinping is standing behind him. Well, you know, with his with the gun yeah. on his baby's head. Chopsticks. Yeah. Uh, tap on the shoulder. Yeah. And say, I. I got I got half a page. Of- well, right? uh, no, uh, uh, to finish Justin's thought, uh, I'm sorry to butt in, but uh, he, theoretically, that's not true of Bitcoin. Bitcoin is theoretically completely anonymous. So, um, you know, it, it, obviously, if, if you're someone like the NSA, you may have powerful enough computers that may be out of crack the the crypto the cryptography behind things like bitcoin so that you can work out you know what all the whole blockchain is but in theory you you can't do that well the most terrifying to me about crypto is when you do go to send it somewhere it's a long string of like 30 you know alphanumerical you know symbols and everything it you just press one key wrong you just lost everything yeah yeah can i just make a quick comment about something terry just said sparked me um, you're talking about the cryptology and how you can't really de- decipher it. Uh, I, that just made me think of, I think it was called Operation Ironside in Sydney, where it was basically about um, police setting up a sting and it was using particular equipment and software that they'd created, but it was all encrypted. But then they were able to reverse the encryptions. And I just remember thinking, hang on, because like just on the surface, without going into it, I just remember thinking, hang on, doesn't encryption mean that it's safe? So it can be decrypted. And I thought, is that what they're sort of trying to tell us really with that story? I wasn't sure. But is that the case that whoever writes it can decrypt it? Or like, how does that work? Do you know, well, there's like lots of different 
this is an episode in itself about cryptography and stuff there, there's lots of different ways of encrypting things there are ways where you know someone's got a, a private key for example that can unlock mm. what the message is and, and without that key you can't do it but even with those there are sort of brute force ways of doing it now you know with the computing that we think is out there at the moment things like bitcoin would take you know, I don't know thousands millions of years to decrypt However, if it's true that people like the NSA have got these super powerful quantum computers. Yes, yes. In, uh, we just don't know. You know, they, they always say that they are about 30 years ahead of what we're seeing in the shops. Well, so, at least, um, yes, the D-wave and all that sort of stuff. I mean, what are they, yeah, yeah. The quantum. And that's yeah. assuming that they don't have a backdoor already built in. Exactly. That's true. Really possible. If Bitcoin was really set up by the feds, then they probably have got a backdoor, you know. We don't really know. Well, there's that there's that meme. Um, who is Satoshi Sakamura? Uh, yeah. And then it's like, uh, you know, Samsung, Motorola, and just has like you know different letters out of uh, you know several different multinational corporations. In mm -hmm. it, it just makes you wonder. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I got half a page. I got half a page of notes right here. So, I, but I'm just gonna save them for. We're gonna to have to dedicate an entire episode to going over it. Oh, there's so much whole, here. Whole episode on it, I think. Yeah, we yeah. could we could do a ten part series. To be honest, <laughs> really quickly, I did have a couple of thoughts. So, um, and I I am not saying Stella that I'm totally bought in either because I definitely have my own concerns. Part of me had the thought though that it could be used in a similar way to guns, right? In the wrong hands you know, a central bank digital currency or a federally regulated, then it can be a tool for enslavement. However, if you have the cryptography piece and you have the true peer-to-peer -peer that's not on a centralized exchange, then that could be a tool for liberty, okay. um, you know, for us to exchange value in that way, which is and even work or or whatever um and hold on one sec the other thing that i wanted to say to keel is that they you had asked how it's different so the white paper i believe would give you good information so the white paper for bitcoin versus the white paper for project hamilton because you will see that there are differences in there about uh, the control mechanism and things like that, which obviously with Project Hamilton, they're taking out, my understanding is that they are taking out the good parts of Bitcoin and what could be used in that, the freedom way. Um, so I, there are some differences there is my understanding. Well, the the, uh, the difference I'm I'm asking about is to me it sounds like the CBDC is is a cryptocurrency and just in the way that uh, as like bitcoin and whatever else is but it happens to be controlled by the government and it'll be able to be monitored and all that stuff way more closely right. and who yeah, knows what all that sorts of stuff is behind it. That's what I'm it's getting. It's still yeah. it's still but, on a blockchain. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. They're they're I think that's my mind they're right, yeah they're functionally the same thing it's just yeah. one of them the control yeah yeah, yeah. and there, there's talk that they'll get they'll just take over one of the big cryptocurrencies uh, and, well, it, and do it that way oh, they talk about ethereum at one yes, point it, they uh, could just ethereum buy is one of the favorites for that i think yeah they could just buy 51 percent of all bitcoins out there and they control the entire architecture is my understanding mm -hmm. do now whatever they want to do that. Oh. 
Which there are some people I know, like Cyprian is working on different protocols. That's one of the things of Bitcoin mystery school that he's talked about a lot is protocol over platform. Now, again, like we talked about this, like I'm, I'm certainly no genius or, or whatever, when it comes to this stuff, I mean, not even close, I'm barely functioning if that, but there are people that are working on other angles for us to still use crypto but in a way that serves the the purpose of freedom and counter markets and operating outside of the system um so i i believe that there's hope in that and i think that at some point i can sit here and be like well i don't understand it sorry you know say say they have very strong thoughts on the matter and we should we should yeah. hear out their opinions I think we should put elections on a blockchain. I think that's a great idea. I think that's a great idea. Uh, you came up with that idea. Oh, yeah. Why well, don't they? What's their yes. excuse? Um, Weird. Why we wouldn't they? Able, we, it would, we may be able, able to move on. I suppose Kills might be a good link to, to me who's, who's coming next. But um, I, I agree with Ashley. I think I think um, cryptos can be a good thing. My understanding is, you know, I'm a mathematician. I understand this sort of stuff fairly well, but it, it's a complicated subject and it's very difficult to get my head completely around it um my understanding is some big perm someone like big perm would be able to tell us better that there are much better technical technically better cryptocurrencies than bitcoin in terms of security and ease of use and one of the things about bitcoin is it's very difficult to use it's very slow to do transactions with it so um uh, and it, it could be a route to liberty. And I, I do think that's why the government's very keen to regulate it, because it's it's a big problem for them. And that's my belief. Yeah. Mm. It's just all right. it's it's all it's all a trap at this point. But I think we have some more stories to get to. Yeah. Uh, I think Stella was next on the list. Uh, was Terry. Are you sure? Terry, has Terry not done his story? No, well, uh, no. <laughs> we, we've spent about half the episode talking about FTX, but it's a very interesting subject. And um, originally, I was going to talk about that anyway. So I'll just give a, a very quick five minutes on an alternative thing I'm looking at, which is more election fraud, because I've been talking about that quite a lot in um, these episodes recently. And... Uh, just for example, looking at one of the reasons I'm I'm interested in it is is as a mathematician, I I like things where I can sort of analyze uh, what's going on and, and work out you know whether things are on the level or not. And I use that a lot in uh, COVID, obviously, another one of my favorite topics. But um, with elections, you can also do it because you know votes uh, kind of come in at, at random times. You know they might you know obviously more popular times than others, but they, they should be sort of smoothly distributed over time and smoothly distributed over the candidates as well. Obviously, some cat, some places lean more Democrat or, or Republican, but there are sort of mathematical rules they should follow. And um, just like last time, they're not really following the rules this time. There's, there's no earthly reason why you should get huge dumps of votes for one candidate, which tends to be the Democrat candidate these days, obviously, in a few seconds. Uh, and that's what's happening, for example, for the Arizona election with uh, Kerry Lake. I think the powers that be are very keen that she doesn't get in because she said a lot of things um, against the Covidian stuff. 
which they probably don't like very much, and she wants was, to have investigations and things like that. She did have a so, very tight race, if if we believe yeah. voting is real, you know. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the, the other thing, um, the other sort of mathematical rule that you might expect, which was violated in the twenty twenty elections, was that. You know, if uh, a Republican does well in in one race, you'd expect them to do in a, do fairly well in all the other races across the ticket. Um, and what what happened with Trump was that um, there were places that were voting overwhelmingly Republican, uh, but not quite so Republican when it came to the presidential vote, which seems you know kind of ridiculous to me. If anything, it's going to be the other way around. And the same happened with Kerry Lake's uh, uh, election as well. She was by far the most high-profile candidate, but um, her um, come with some other post being voted for, attorney, attorney general, something like that. Uh, uh, and the Republican candidate won quite handsomely in that election, whereas Kerry Lake, if we believe the official results, has, has lost narrowly. Uh, and uh, the final nail in the coffin is that the person she was running against, uh, Katie Hobbs, is actually the person in charge of the election in Arizona. Secretary <laughs> of State. There you go. Seems like a wild oh, conflict. Of Lord. <laughs> yeah, see, it sounds like a wild conflict of interest that should never be allowed yeah, to you, happen. You would think she, she would have recused herself, really, but no, obviously not. Well, you know, these Democrats, they just have nothing but integrity, so they can really see their, <laughs> yes. themselves through yeah. it and not be completely unbiased. Yeah. Well, this is obviously the, the, more, the most uh, honest election ever run, because it's even better than the one in 2020, I should think. Well, and what I really love about these, these conversations we have on this is that it's one of the few times where I don't have podcasts or anything blasting in my ear, so it actually gives me a few minutes to think. And <laughs> sometimes I do think, Ashley. I don't know if I'd say that as a compliment or not. <laughs> but um, it's, it's, it, I'm starting to think, I mean, I've only had, you know, two minutes of thought on this, but I think that they let Carrie, uh, Car Carrie Lake, right? Carrie uh, Lake, I think. Yeah, gets, yeah, gets so close because if it was like 90, you know, percents versus 10, uh, there would have been riots in the street. So I think that they actually let the counts get close, but not too close to trigger some sort of recount or audit or anything like that so that they don't have, you know, a real January 6th. Uh, I don't yeah. think that they're ready for hundreds of thousands of people to actually march on the Capitol armed. Um, yeah. And Mar speaking of Arizona, Maricopa County is still a shit show uh, two years later. They're still counting votes. I mean, how crazy is that? In the UK, they when they have general elections, you know, they, they have the votes coming out at the latest, you know, halfway through the next day. And, you know, uh, constituencies... Uh, have this sort of race quite often they're quite proud that they're the first to get the results out oh we did it in two hours you know we counted fifty thousand votes or a hundred thousand votes or saying how could it take weeks and months to count votes it's just ridiculous how how long do you think it took them to count Zelensky's votes in ukraine <laughs> i bet they did it faster than maricopa county <laughs> yeah, they did and of course there's been lots of videos of uh dodgy people driving up stuffing loads of ballots in boxes as well um you know 
well, tens that's, and tens or 50 years. That's one of the, in a lot of these states, harvest ballasting is actually legal. So, yeah. and then this is the Tim Pool theory is that uh, he doesn't think that there's like, you know, actual fraud going on in the elections. It's just ballot harvesting because you go to, you know, Atlanta, New York, Los Angeles, maybe not LA, but uh, in these cities where it's nothing but high rise apartments where you can just go and canvas an entire building and it's going to yeah. take you a couple hours, but you're going to be able to talk to 100, you know, 200 different people and get all of their uh, ballots. And of course, you know, if they get a Republican ballot, maybe they'll toss it away. Who knows? Uh, but it's is there any hope left uh, there? I think it was a Reagan speech where he says, like, we can't let freedom die here because there is nowhere else to go where freedom is out there. So is there any hope left in the world? Go, Stella. I just had a quick question. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I it was a good segue. I see the connection. Yes, yes, I get it. Um, I was just wondering whether there was a connection with the, you remember there's Dominion software running this voting stuff. Yeah, is that being used oh, yeah. still? I, I believe Again? so. Yeah, it was is, that, yeah. yeah. It just, I don't know why I just thought this, but did that have Argentinian connections? Isn't that where the software was written? It sounds familiar. Yeah, I think that might be right. I think they had connections with lots of different countries. And there's been people that are saying that, you know, because they've got their internet uh, enabled, aren't they, these Dominion machines, and people supposedly tracked the IP addresses over to, you know, places like China and um, yeah. who knows. Yes, I went into that with my engineer friend at one point. He seemed to think there was nothing too nefarious, but then he's got lots of holes in his arm. Anyway, um, moving on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was no, just yes. thinking about the Argentinian connection as far as paperclip and all that goes. Operation yeah, it, Paperclip. It's somewhat ironic that they've sort of largely automated the votes using using machines, and then it takes them about hundred times longer to count all the exactly. votes. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, surely they've got barcodes and you know all that sort of thing. The same thing they use for tax forms and things like that. Yeah. It's there was two the year two thousand in Florida. Uh, it was the presidential election, I believe, with yep. Al was Gore it? and Al George Gore. Bush. Yeah, yep. and that and. Dads. They chance. couldn't, it was, it was a massive scandal throughout the country. Uh, and fast forward a couple decades and now this is normal. Yeah. Yeah. Public memory fades. Mm. And Al Gore questioned the elections at the time and he wasn't you know, accused of being an election designer, denier. Well, you but just anyone said. anyone who raises any sort of question uh, at the moment is, you know. I remember sort of, Al, Al Gore conceded. And then the popular vote looked like it was coming over towards his side and he rescinded his, his concession. And then it just went on and on and on for like for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. and do I remember right that he would have like, he actually won that. He won the popular the vote, but he lost the electoral vote. Gotcha. I was 12 at the time, so I I have very little memory of it, and I was not interested. In he I voted didn't take for... it all the way, did he? I don't think he didn't take it to the Supreme Court or anything. No. She could have done anything. I thought it did go to the Supreme Court. <clears throat> well, I don't know. Maybe. I don't remember it that way. I, I remember thinking that Al Gore, at the time, I was young and naive, and I was quite wanted Al Gore to win. 
Because yeah, you cared about the environment, Terry. Yeah, exactly. You don't, only don't had hate on me. Years. I was just young that and was, foolish. That was <laughs> you only had a few years left. That was before. And he I thought, I thought he sort of wimped out, really. He gave up too easily. That he, he didn't really take it all the way. Was 2000 global cooling the next ice age? Uh, no, uh, I, I think it no, was just, I think it was still global warming at that time. Okay. I think you're right, Kill. I don't think that Al was uh, harping on about climate he change. He wasn't, no, that, that, that came time. after he, soon uh, after he lost. Yeah. He's still, he's still choosing his cherry picker then to go up on his graph. <laughs> <laughs> I actually voted for uh, Harry Brown that time. How to be free in an unfree world. What yeah. was, what was the, um, like a uh, article he wrote the day after 9-11 who harry brown i don't know who's harry brown he was the libertarian candidate yeah he's a ah, right, okay. legendary libertarian guy i wish i had voted for him lib- in the the previous election because the first time i voted was in 96 and i could have voted for him then and actually joe jorgensen was his running mate at the time and i that was that was maybe a year before I had ever heard of libertarianism, so I was well, so close. Was Joe Jorgensen as cringe then? Was she as what? Cringe. I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember any of that back then. Fair I just knew, I knew that. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the Republican guy. That old. Uh, oh, I can see him. It was him versus Clinton. Um, Grant, um, Dole, Dole, Bob Dole. I voted for Bob Dole because he said he he was going to get rid of the income tax. Well, that's a reason to vote, if nothing else. (laughs) And Harry Brown's article was... I'm I'm quite impressed voting for a libertarian way back then, because most of us have had sort of lefty or neocon inclinations in the past, haven't we? Yes, I I voted for Bush. I voted (laughs) voted for W in... uh, his, in 2004 because at the time i was really thrilled with what we were what what he was his reaction to 9 11 yeah you're we going get over there busting head like, yeah. <laughs> get them there so they don't get us here that's right yeah well that that yeah, harry brown article is uh when will we learn and it is a great brave inspiring article he put out the day after 9 11 uh, talking against foreign intervention uh, and blowing wow. up people halfway across That's the country. Impressive. Yeah, it's, it's a really great read. If you haven't read it, uh, you can find it at lpmisescaucus.com slash media slash when will we learn. And that was, it. Just um, it. that was pretty, I would say that was uh, quite courageous also because. Oh, yeah. So many people directly after 9-11. I mean, I was at the age, I just, I believed them. You know, I believed what they said, even though I wasn't questioning like, oh, wait, the day of you're already saying who did it. Um, Even though when all like the Russia pipeline, they were like, wow, we don't know. We don't, we just don't know enough to say, but yet, you know, over 20 years ago, the same day, you know, who did it. Um, but that wasn't at that time where I was, I was just like, Oh, but my terrorism, you know? So to, to be a thought leader in that way, already knowing you're onto them. I mean, that's impressive and courageous. He probably caught hell for that. Well, 
my my quick 9-11 story i was i stayed home from school and i was sleeping and my mom basically like kicked my door open and she was like justin wake up your country's under attack i just looked up i was like i'm not in danger and i went back the fuck to sleep weird day yeah yeah it's but back back to the main topic i i i don't know if voting will ever make a difference uh i think it was benjamin franklin that said something along the lines of like you have to have a revolution every x number of years to keep your government Mm -hmm. in check or else you're just yeah you're just gonna be where we are (laughs) yeah and again, let me repeat what the what I said about uh, when we were talking to Sal Mayweather. Yep, Mark Sal Twain's quote. Mark Twain's quote. If if voting made any difference, you wouldn't be allowed to do it. Bingo. Yep. Was that Mark Twain or illegal. was that? Uh... I believe it was Mark Twain, but that's probably a lie as well. Um, <laughs> I know George Carlin gets the Carlin. credit for it. Yeah, but uh, it was uh, uh, he was after Mark used to use a lot. I don't know where it came from originally. I mean, Either it's a, way, it's true. It's probably the NSA. Well, just don't forget what George Washington said. Stay strapped or get clapped. Right. <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, let's move on. I guess we're ready for a new article, huh? I think we're on Stella. Stella. <clears throat> All right. Well, um, this is a little bit of a continuation of a previous story that I talked about uh, in Australia. I just want to make a quick correction, too, uh, when I was talking about the... Uh, local council and the weather manipulation. I said that Lismore was a rural area. It's actually regional. So I just wanted to correct that. Is um, can can you explain the difference for us silly Americans? Oh, probably not very accurately without going to the council website. But basically, rural is more open and more farmy. Regional is sort of on the fringe of sort of in between suburban and okay. rural. I guess. That's, so that's, regional that's is like. Fair enough. It, yeah. It's out of a main city, but it's not way out in the country. So it's got some infrastructure and small towns, that kind of thing. So the in-between towns is regional. I guess that's probably the simplest way to put it. Yeah, in-betweens works great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, for now, this is part of what I'm about to talk about. Uh, so at the moment, New South Wales is, again, under flood, um, mm-hmm. but a little further south than me because it's their turn now. Um, when I found out what's happening there, there is it is very extensive. Um, there has been some death, um, and uh, I just immediately, basically, went and looked up <laughs> the route of the high-speed rail, and uh, you know, no cigars or trophies for finding for guessing what I found. Um, it's all yeah in those areas, um, but I also found that there's quite a lot more smart cities. Um, in the wings than I really thought. Um, so between Sydney and Melbourne, there's eight smart cities um, <laughs> uh, on the wings. Anyway, I, just getting back to the flooding, just first off, uh, there was a couple of new um, phrases coined that I thought I'd share. Uh, this flooding has been so bad, um, as well as a dam having to be released of some huge amount of megalitres, 320,000 megalitres or something like that. So it created this inland tsunami. So there's a new one for us, inland tsunami. Mm. That basically was a wall of water that just came through and absolutely, it was so forceful, it just took houses off their foundations. Um, yeah. 
it's just incredible. People said, you know, like before they could even get their gum boots on, there was sort of the water was up to their waists, and uh, there was the usual <clears throat> emergency alerts sent out, but um, that was all a little bit too late, apparently. Anyway, moving on. Um, so there's it's very, very bad down there. Um, and getting back to the smart city thing, that infrastructure rollout was actually officially announced just a couple of months ago. So the whole smart city thing was a proposal which was originally from 1984, um, reproposed in 2017, and now it's been, yeah, so it's official. It's rolling out. Mm-hmm. As of September this year, it was announced. Uh, that also took me to something I didn't get a chance to mention last time, which is a place called, well, I don't know what they are, company. Uh, CLARA, C-L-A-R-A, stands for Consolidated Land and Rail Australia. And they're basically the ones that are behind the smart cities and the whole infrastructure. So they're like the the dudes. Um, and uh, I went and checked out their website. Um, it, as far as websites go and user experience, excellent website. Um, so, yeah, they've really put some good money in there. It's really simple. They've simplified it really well. And they've made you feel like the wording is very, very clever. It makes you feel like, you know, community is all going to have a say and it's all going to be all very people-orientated. But, you know, that's all in the translation too, isn't it? Um, have you guys ever heard of a term called value capture? I feel like maybe I have heard it, but I'm not sure of what it means. Well, this is kind of where... It, this is kind of where it led me to. Have you ever have you ever heard of a guy called you, you Americans? Have you ever heard of a guy called Henry George? Mm-mm, okay, no. well he's he seems to be <laughs> very interesting fella. Anyway, the reason I'm asking about this, so land capture. Well, sorry, land value capture is another term that we'll be hearing quite a lot about, and this is how they're going to be funding all this infrastructure. So. I had to do a bit of a dive to get my head around this because it really is not my forte. Um, it's so land value capture is the term, or it's also known as land value return. Um, and so, because the experts project that the governments around the world will need to invest more than fifty trillion dollars in infrastructure by the twenty thirty to get all these smart cities and things done, it's fifty trillion dollars. Yep. Um, so the next question is, where can the public turn to to pay for this? So I, I just love this. I love the way they turn it all back onto us. It's just like BP in the carbon footprint, isn't it? FTX tokens. Yeah, could be, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah, they could just print more money, couldn't they? <laughs> um, so they've got the land value capture toolbox. So this is uh, how they're wording about- it now. What is it? Land capture value? Land value capture or just value capture. If you want to look it up in Wikipedia, just value capture. So it's a term. Oh, I was actually just it has... Googling it with World Economic Forum. Mm-hmm. It sounds like oh, a World oh, well, Economic Forum thing, definitely. Well, what it is, is basically it's it's just been remarketed. You know how they do this all the time. They just remarket stuff just like they did with eugenics and philanthropy and all that. Um, family planning. <laughs> so it's, it used to be called a thing called Georgism. And that was created by a dude. That's what I was asking about this guy, Henry George. He lived in the 19th century. And actually, like, he's, that's why I asked, because like, he's, he's apparently so big, he, 
he beat Roosevelt in, um, I think it was for New York mayor in some, I don't know, 1870s or something like that. His funeral was as big or only second to Abraham Lincoln when he died. So, like, that's why I thought maybe he must be some foundational guy you'd know about. So, anyway, this um, land value capture is based on his concept, which is called Georgism originally, which has then sort of morphed into geoism, but now has been remarketed as land value capture. But another name for it, here's, here's the rebranding morphism. So it's got, it, it started as Georgism, then it goes to geoism, then single land tax movement, single land tax, land value tax, and then it's a much kinder version now, land value capture. Hmm. So basically what it is, is the government who are going to well, organise the infrastructure, I guess, um, they look at all the land that's surrounding where the infrastructure is going to go. I mean, it, it's just a modelling system, business modelling system. They look at all the land that's around the infrastructure, the potential infrastructure, and they value it. And they look at things like how much the land is going to be increased in value because of the infrastructure, like railway stations and shopping centres, schools, etc. Um, so that's one way they can do it. And so then they basically tax the landowners in that area um, and they gain funds by doing that and then put that money into. So they basically don't have to really touch the government, the existing coffers to pay for all this. So that's sort of how it works. They're kind of taxing the people who own land around the areas before they're really going to <laughs> gain from it. Um, and the other way they do it is just changing zoning. So they'll just take like a zone area and they'll just change the zoning. So it's suddenly it's high density. The floor, you know, the amount of floors in a building can be much more higher up, um, denser development. Um, can, there's can already, I, it's already been done. Yeah. I was like, can I ask you on that note, are, while there's doing these massive metropolitan things, are they also doing like road diets where they're like taking traffic lanes and cutting into like bath, uh, bike paths and, you know, extra pedestrian walkways and stuff? Because I know that's something they're doing in like California. Uh, that just really makes, I think the point is to make you not want to drive because it's so frustrating. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then you're, you get rid of your car and now you're trapped in the city. They've already been doing that. Well, I know they've been sort of doing that in Sydney for a number of years. Um, I think what well, France, I think is pretty much set up like that, isn't it? Isn't there a whole area where they can't drive? I don't know. Paris? No, no? right through Europe they're doing this sort of stuff, yeah. Britain as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're rolling it out already, really. Um, the bike lanes are going in, and yeah, they're trying to make it so it's exactly what you said, Justin, it's not desirable to drive. And I had one more question, uh, which is a little off-topic, I guess, unrelated to the road diets. It, it seems like Australia is really the forefront for a lot of these uh, WEF uh, agendas. Do you have any insights as to why you got, like, why, what is it about Australia that makes it a desirable location for them to kind of, you know, set up these experiments? Uh, well, I think Lo partly loaded the question, isolation. I yeah, I think partly the isolation, just the ge geographical isolation. It's like we're kind of trapped. Um, and I think there's also some sort of connection with the echelons um, countries, the Five Eyes, because Canada as well, and look, like, look at Canada, New Zealand, 
Yeah. Uh, who, who else? Australia, New Zealand, Canada, UK and America are the five eyes. Yeah. And that, that's been around since, what, the early 70s? Or maybe even sooner than that, actually. Maybe even earlier. But that, that's all just about sharing um, uh, intel and um, surveillance information data, I guess. I don't really know what they do now because there's so many of these committees, isn't there? Well, and I um, just I think a lot of that. I see a connection. Like, like Amer, like the CIA isn't legally allowed to spy on United States members, uh, but they can ask the UK, like, "Hey, what do you have on you know John Smith?" And then that way they can get their classified you know personal details without supposedly breaking the law. Yeah, same yeah. reason that people have accounts in Ireland and the Bahamas and all that sort of thing, but only in an informational sense. Yeah. Just go do somewhere else to get around the laws. Yeah, and it's it's really. Well, they just get Facebook. I'll just ask Facebook. It's just <laughs> all, yeah. <laughs> I, ain't that? Why why do all this work? Of, yeah. I suppose there's a lot of land down there as well. To you know, maybe they've got their eye on that. So uh, um, uh, I was going to add something. What you're saying, Stella. This is uh, yeah. sounds to me. I'm pretty sure this is UN Agenda 2030 stuff. That's oh, 100%. That, like, part of that is they wanted to put a value on all uh, natural resources and kind of, you know, ideally barcode everything, I think, so that they could put a value on everything and then presumably tax us for it. So that really sounds like right at the heart of the UN Agenda 2030 um, agenda. Yeah, absolutely it is. And this uh, it's just really about, I mean, it's, I was sort of wondering how they were going to um, pay for all this you know, who was going to pay for all this infrastructure and how it was all really going to work. But um, that this is how they're going to do it. So it's the land value capture. That's that's how it's Absolutely. been structured. Surprise, and, surprise. Um, it's you, the Aussie people, who are going to pay for it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. What a surprise. Um, so there's a whole bunch of things. In, inclusionary housing, um, betterment contributions. There's all sorts of, you know, these it these, words that we're going to be hearing quite a bit yeah, about. Yeah, these neologisms really get my goat. <laughs> yeah, they're just well again. Yeah, they're probably just make remarketed. It sound like lovely and fluffy. Yeah, exactly. And but they've all um, got teeth. The other thing that I wanted to add. This reminds me of another phrase that I have heard. Uh, I believe in regards to the predator class, which is debt for nature swaps. So yes. I also believe that there's going to be an element coming where people are in. My understanding is that a lot of people in the United States are totally already maxed out on their credit cards and things like that, which would obviously be an indicator that they are not doing well financially as far as savings, as far as being able to weather a storm such as unemployment and things like that. So if that's truly the case, if people are super leveraged in their debt, then there's a possibility that you will have um, you know, a company that's coming in or, I mean, I I guess it could be a company or an organization or could be the government um, that's going to say, okay, well, you have X amount of debt and we are going to, you know, like we'll buy it from you and you can stay there, but maybe that's part of the, the generational thing, right? Is that it'll be incremental. So maybe you can stay in it for 10 years or something like that. But really what you have done is just given up your home or your land or your property or whatever. So I believe that they're, um, working on that type of thing as well is to have people super over leveraged in debt and then ha come in and bail them out. But really what they're doing is taking the land, taking the property. 
that's a hundred percent exactly what's happening and uh something i noticed that reading about this <laughs> this addition of the floods as opposed to ours and the other ones recently um was just about how yeah a lot of people just they're destitute now because they they couldn't get insurance because they were in flood flood zones and now because because the force and the flood was so bad like again this is like the worst flood for 70 years or what have you it'll probably be a thousand by the end of the week um so what happens is this force is so bad that they make damn sure that they can't return to those houses they exactly. can't go back they are they are unsafe so those people are now destitute um so therefore that's the land grab thing people have to leave they they sell off their land cheap that's exactly what you just said actually you, you spot on justin did you want to say something there um not not necessarily um oh it's, sorry I thought you... it's just all so dumb like people need to wake up yeah dumb cities yeah you should say that every week yeah <laughs> a good t-shirt yeah. Well, and unfortunately, people just need to wake up. <laughs> unfortunately, an alarming number of Americans are graduating high school without having like third grade uh, literacy levels. So I don't think putting, you know, hilarious, true statements on a T-shirt is going to help us. <laughs> Gets it off your chest or on your chest. <laughs> yeah. But I digress. Um, we yeah. Got, anyway, it was just interesting. You got anything yeah. else? Anything else, Stella? Uh, me? Or, yeah. Uh, no, I think we better get on to Kiel's there. All right. I just have one really quick thing to say, really just a milestone. Yesterday, the Earth created its 8 billionth human being. So congratulations, Earth, on wildly overpopulating this planet. <laughs> Was it a girl or a boy? Uh, or a they? It could be a they be or a non-binary or demi. <laughs> we don't gender here, Stella. You know, we do we know the Order pronouns the of this eight billionth person? It it was We're going to let them decide. It was born. <laughs> it was born in in New Delhi in India. Of course. I thank of you, course. Stella. My thoughts exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Why, this, that was why a is that it? Came out loud. Why is it that India is the only country in the world that has eight armed babies coming out of women? <laughs> Seriously. I think you're just looking at the statues, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's if there's an alarming number of babies that come out with all these crazy extra appendages and they actually get held up as like these religious figures because oh, they, yeah, they, do. they resemble their gods. Mm. Mm. Oh. Maybe it's just because there's so many people in India. I don't know. Like bathing in the Ganges. That would be quite a good scam then, gluing a few extra wings <laughs> onto your baby and turning them into a god. So <laughs> yeah. I, I did also want to chime in that I had read a blip about that. and It, it might have been something that Kill shared. But it was basically somebody was saying, yeah, we got to eight billion people and guess what it's downhill from here we are in a population collapse that we will never be able to recover from you know who i blame frank kavanaugh for legalizing or e illegalizing abortion no yeah i was gonna say anti-vaxxers anti-maskers or election deniers that's who i'm putin I and putin yeah of course yeah. oh don't forget putin yeah yeah it's bill gates I, I believe... he hasn't done a good enough job 
I believe Ashley hasn't. wanted to send commiserations to Bill Gates as well over the eighth billionth person. <laughs> yeah. Some work you to know, do, Bill. Bill Gates is not wrong. The, the reason there's any pollution and anything bad going wrong is because there's too many people on the damn planet. Man, you're or, <laughs> or, or there are corporations that are protected that are doing the polluting and preventing and squashing real sustainable um, ways of living. And let's also not forget that it was the, the government that was involved in helping to squash family farms back in um, Roosevelt's time. So we could really. Okay. But in Bill Gates' defense, <laughs> when was the last time you got stuck in traffic and you didn't wish for a genocide? Yeah. See I know he's a joke there, Fence and Gates, but I just can't be back. We can reduce the population with a vaccine. Right. Now, if we I do, do not, a really good job. I do not agree with his, his methods and theories on how to correct the situation, but... The By problem killing people, basically. <laughs> too many. You're people. saying you're not. You're against killing loads of people. You're not I am officially, it. and I believe I'd have to check our employee handbook, but I believe the Union of the Unknowns is also officially against killing Sorry. lots of people. You would have to take it up with our um, employment. <laughs> I'm going to step up and name myself. Human Resources Director of the <laughs> Union of the Unknowns, and I'm going to call it on a base by base, you know, base by case basis. Yes, so, thank so you. we don't have an official policy. Got it. I've been I've been having some vodka, but that that's how you know you got a good HR director. We're all going to be fired when Musk takes us over anyway. So <laughs> yeah. you just got to make up a few statistics. You you got it in the bag. Well, you know, seventy three percent of all statistics are made up. On the spot. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on, Justin. What what's your say? Eight billionth person. Eight billionth person. Congratulations. Congratulations. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> you did no, it. Whoa, 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 whoa! That is a copyrighted song, Stella. You uh, owe some people some money now. Uh, edit that out. It's a dollar. <laughs> it's possibly racist to sing it in English to a to a, an Indian child as well. Music Sorry value capture. Mm. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, I can. Mine is just a meme at this point. Uh, from CNBC, NATO says Russia is ultimately to blame for Poland missile hit. Moscow denies striking Kiev in latest attacks. So let me just sum this up into in one real quick sentence: Ukraine bombed Poland. Yep. Yep. Now, what a surprise. Don't they have the ability to uh, call in whatever the NATO uh, yeah. like, Article, like, whatever it is. agreement? Yes, all the allies, yeah. <laughs> like like yeah. Poland could, could, could uh, I, I can't remember what the, uh, there's a statute 15, or something. Oh, yeah. Article 15, or something. Uh, yeah. Poland could call that and, and force NATO to attack Ukraine. Squash yeah. Zelensky. Well, make sure, start calling your, your congressmen. Yeah, make that green T-shirt turn red. You can at least get all the FTX tokens back when they go in there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we'll flush them out. Yeah. It's, 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 <sighs> I thought I saw a version of that headline, Justin, that said um, Ukraine uh, was, you know, the the bomb came from Ukraine, but Russia is responsible. 
Yeah, <laughs> like, that was <laughs> there was a CNN headline. Um, but but uh, NATO missile was likely fired by Ukraine, but Russia is responsible. That's it. Yeah, yeah. that's like of if course. I take your that's like if I take your arm and punch you in the face with your own fist and go, "Why are you punching yourself? Why are you punching yourself?" <laughs> it's the sort of thing we used to do at school. Yeah, perfect analogy. Uh, and uh, like, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, hopefully you're all. I, I since I haven't gotten any hate mail, I have to assume that you're kind of up to speed with with world politics. So I don't think I need to say anything more on this. It's just it's a meme at this point. Yeah. Hopefully, people yeah, listen. Hopefully, our listeners show. are intelligent enough to know where Ukraine is, which I don't think most most people in the West do know where they where it is. To be fair. Before- before I 2022, just, I don't think many people knew where it was. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Went nope. down there. It's, I just, I just very recently learned that Egypt was in Africa. I thought it was <laughs> in this weird place called the Middle East. Well, it's not far off, so yeah, close, oh, close enough. That's that's both correct, actually. Yeah. 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 Well, the 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 difference there is that the Middle East isn't a country. It depends what century you're talking. <laughs> the, the problem with the Ukraine is it's not really, a, you know, it's not like a proper country, is it? It's a sort of artificial creation. It's one of these creations that came out of the, yeah. the World War One and Two. Yeah. Um, yep. And there's a like theory, a fraction, isn't there, that, that um, some people are throwing the idea that they really want to break up the Ukraine and give the Western half to Poland, say, and, and let Russia have the Eastern half. Is, let me guess. The western half is the resource-rich half. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Probably. I, don't really I think there's a pipeline or two going through there. Well, it's, I don't think it's lithium. I think it's one of these other rare metals that they use for cars and stuff. That is, I think, uh, Ukraine is the number one. Like they have the most of it than any other place on the planet. Really? They are actually very rich in a lot of minerals. It's not just one or two. Yep. Don't yeah, ask me to list them off. <laughs> but I was reading it they recently. Certainly yeah, a lot, a lot. They certainly have a lot of camouflage rich. tops for, for Vladimir. They seem to have cornered the market in, in sort of army tops for him, haven't they? Unlimited amount of green, army green shirts. Mm. The same one all the time. <laughs> yeah, I was, it, it's, like, it's like a Homer Simpson's closet. All the exact same. <laughs> yeah. Every day. Yeah, it makes jobs. It just makes me sick. Like I just, I, I know that I'm way further down the rabbit hole than most people, but I'm just like, how can you not see this for what it is? Like they did a Vogue photo shoot. Like you don't do that anymore. <laughs> like, why is this not clicking? Ashley, let me, let me top you real quick with, we give money to Ukraine Ukraine takes that money, hires lobbyists uh, to Washington, D.C., and then the lobbyists, using the money that we sent them, lobby for us to send them more money. Well, that's genius on their part. <laughs> it's a good scam. Like, like if, if, if you can it, find it, the work, it's good work. Yeah. <laughs> Which takes us back to FTX again, doesn't it? And that was another a good Ukrainian link scam. You know, the channel loads of money to the Dems. I love full it when circle. these come full circle and we don't even plan it. Yes. I, I don't think we would We're have just had so the too too <laughs> wrap it around like that. That's a perfect ending. It's the circle of life. Very good. It is. 
Kiel. Yep. Okay. So yes, we're all wrapped up. <laughs> you know that look. Go. <laughs> all wrapped up and ready to go. Thank you, Ashley and Stella and Justin and Terry. Ashley, can you let everybody know how to get a hold of us? I would be happy to. So the biggest way or the, the most efficient way to find all the things is going to be our website, which is unionoftheunknowns.com. And you can also shoot us an email at unionoftheunknowns at gmail.com. You can also leave a voicemail for us at 404 482 3130. Again, that's 404-482-3130. You can leave a voicemail for the unknowns or you can leave hate mail for Justin. We're still trying to get some hate mail for Justin. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at Union Unknowns. And otherwise, I think that covers it. You might see one of us walking down the street too. You know, you never know. Please say hello. Yeah. Unfortunately, then we will be known, so we might have to change our name. Uh, yeah, <laughs> It'll stuff everything up. <laughs> if you guys want more on the FTX, we're going to put together a bonus episode because we have to, because I want to know more about it and I'm retarded. Yeah, so I need to do FTX and crypto in general. I think that would be quite good. Mm -hmm. I, need, I need someone to explain it to me like I'm a five-year-old. Yeah. Sounds like a good idea. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us. Goodbye. Yeah, thanks. Good night, Bye -bye. everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. Not Your Mama's News has been a production of the Union of the Unknowns podcast. New episodes are available weekly on all your favorite podcasting networks.